Time to rise and shine for another Beers for Bacon show with me, Jason Black. We're chatting all things oink today with great recipes from our city's best chefs. And I've also got some fantastic news for people who hate dieting. If, like me, you love fat and real protein, but suffer the sartorial hell of elasticated trousers during winter, today's new book from my bookshelf is one that you must have. Also, earlier this week, I asked J.C. Viennes, our in-house wine whisperer, a question. If money was no object and the great big grape grower called his ticket, what five wines would he drink before he departed? So he's up first, sharing his bucket list of grape-inspired grog for posh people. Chef Neil Tomes kicks off our recipe list with a how-to for crispy crackling the British way and shares a little story on his favourite pigs, the Mangalika, which, surprise, surprise, aren't British at all. The raging Cajun chef Jack Carson does southern pulled pork, served with a little side of angiogram, and Hong Kong's much-loved Vietnamese chef Peter Franklin will be lightening everything up with his classic pork and shrimp, summer rice paper rolls. We'll be testing a gadget, and then to end today's show, I've got a fusion version of alphabet soup with the letters Q, R, and also S. Right before he's called to the big tango dance hall in the sky, let's get that big five list of JCVNs. Well, Jason, I've got some expensive stuff since you told me that the money is no object, yes. and I know you have a big fat wallet, <laughs> I decided to look at a website called the Wine Searcher. Okay. Wine Searcher is actually pretty great because you can find the prices of pretty much any wines in the world. And they have this list of the world's top 50 most expensive wines. And so I have put together the ultimate dinner party for you. Okay. I need to receive you in style, so I'm going to serve champagne first. And the champagne has to be Krug. I think I told you before that the Krug uh, champagne lovers are so uh, enthusiastic. In fact, there is an expression called, uh, we call them the Krugiste. They're so passionate about Krug. It's a wonderful wine, very rare indeed. And so they have a special wine called Claude Ambonnet from Champagne, of course. Pinot Noir, 100%. This bottle will serve and will cost you, Jason, 17,000 Hong Kong dollars. They produce only 5,000 bottles, and it's very rare, very fantastic. In fact, I had the chance to, to taste such a champagne once, a sip only, and it was really amazing. I mean, the, the champagne, you put it on your mouth, and it dances, and it, it, it's like a ballerina. I mean, you were talking about the tango and hall in the sky. I mean, this one is the ballerina in the sky. It's amazing. For white wine, we are going to have something in Burgundy. It's going to be called Domaine Le Fleve, Montrachet. Montrachet is a very tiny little vineyard. It's a Grand Cru. This producer produces only 400 bottles, 
and it's going to cost us, no, you, sorry, 45,000 Hong Kong dollars. I've got a feeling that there aren't going to be many new world wine lovers in the heaven I'm going to, Jay-Z. Uh, no, but the old world wine <laughs> yeah. is old world. And uh-huh. they, this is why they're old world, because they have a little bit longer history, smaller vineyards, and therefore a, a very rare, very The smell unique. of toasty leather and melted credit card. Exactly, <laughs> you can say that. Now yeah. let's move on to the red wine, Jason. Of course, Domaine de la Romani Conti, the vineyard of Romani Conti, very special. Only 5,000 bottles produced each year in this producer. The most famous producer in the world, Domaine de la Romani Conti, people call it DRC. I'm sure you've heard of it. Mm. And everybody's going crazy. I mean, in China, people talk about Lafitte. Uh, Chateau Lafitte from Bordeaux, and everybody wants Lafitte, yes, but also everybody wants DRC. The difference is Lafitte, they made, I think, 200,000 cases of wine a year, and DRC, they only make 450 cases a year. So you can imagine the difference. Here is going to cost 100,000 Hong Kong dollars, Jason. Okay. So... Now we have champagne, we have a white wine and a red wine. I think we're about 200K already. Uh, I actually have made a calculation. When we are finished together, (laughs) it's going to cost you 777,000 Hong Kong dollars. (laughs) Nice, no? Yeah, it is. We are going to finish the meal now with a sweet wine. Egon Muller, Schwarzhofberger, Riesling, Trockenbierenhausleise. Trockenbierenhausleise in Germany, very special category, because the berries are so dried on the vine that they are now shriveled. And this bottle is going to cost us 65,000 Hong Kong dollars. Only 200 bottles made in the world. Very rare, very special. And we are going to have to drown our sorrows after spending so much that we are going to each have a glass of whiskey from the Macallan Lalique, 50-year-old single-malt scotch whiskey from Speyside. And this, hold on, is going to cost 500,000 Hong Kong dollars for a bottle. So, let's enjoy ourselves. Let's hope JCVNs will be back with us next week for some more great wine stories. Now... I've had a yo-yo relationship with my weight my whole life. Actually, it's more yo than yo-yo with the bounce back to Mr. Skinny getting harder as I get older. And going to the gym is pretty low on my list of things to do. Enter in my life a book from a respected sports guru that says you can eat lots of fat, eat lots of dead animal, but you're going to have to skip the carbs. And for me, that's a lazy man's no-brainer. The Real Food Revolution by Tim Noakes and his friends has become as controversial as a Hong Kong food truck license and with those in the for and against camps screaming loud. Trust me, in South Africa, people can scream. Based on the original Banting diet, the premise is simple. Eating animal fat is more than good for you and carbs are killers. The fact that nothing in the book claimed to be low GI vegan was worth the money alone. The book is well laid out and it clearly defines what's good, what's okay and what's to be avoided if you're up for changing your eating lifestyle. It's green, orange and obviously red. 
It's that simple. The recipes have great introductions, and there's a selection that'll keep you cooking for ages, and some that you'll do again and again, like the eggs bacon A's. Yes, like eggs Benedict, but you make the hollandaise with bacon fat. It ticks all of the boxes on my list, so get yourself a copy, eat well, don't feel guilty, and don't stress about trimming the fat off your next roast. Talking about delicious fat, let's chat to Chef Neil Tomes about getting the perfect crispy crackling. In front of me, I've got a, a belly of pork. I'm going to roll it now, so I've got a piece of butcher string. Now, there's fancy ways of doing this. I don't really see the point in them. Basically, I'll just roll the pork over, tucking a little bit of the skin under the flap. Um, if, if, it's, if it's too thick a pork belly, you're going to have to trim up a centimetre under the skin and bring a piece of that meat in um, so that the skin can go edge to edge. Take some of the butcher's twine, wrap it round, tighten it, get someone else to put their finger on it. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Tie that off, and then all I do is I just roll it round. I roll it round and keep it as tight as possible until I get to the very end yeah and then basically tie off the uh, give, give yourself a, a couple of inch, uh, I don't know five inches of string put it under where you've already rolled around tie a knot there try and get it as tight as possible okay you don't need anything else on that I don't score it because the method I'm going to cook it at is like a, a, a three stage okay I'm gonna take this this joint now. You wanna come with me? I'm gonna take this, I'm gonna put this on the stove in boiling water, completely submerge it, okay? Simmering half an hour. Okay, and that's gonna denature the skin. That's gonna get the skin ready for our next stage. So half an hour later. Gonna take that out, let it drain, give it five minutes to cool down and, and the moisture evaporate. It's gonna go in an oven now, 85 degrees centigrade. Domestic oven, that's probably one of its lowest settings. Okay. Right, here we go. In the oven, 85 centigrade for about 10 hours, overnight. Right, now what you're looking for is it'll be quite dark, but it'll be very dry, and it likes to be quite hard. It will be quite hard to touch it, it like, like um, stiffened leather, okay? I'm gonna take it out, I'm gonna leave that there, now I'm going to ramp up the oven. 230, 240, whatever your oven can go to, get it smoking hot. Let that get to temperature. And then back in. Close the door. This should take about 15 minutes. It's a wonder to watch. You're just going to see the skin start to change color. It's going to lighten because it's going to start bubbling up and then it'll go insane and it'll just crack open like a prawn cracker. 
Now, you can go through all of those steps with just the skin. You can boil them for half an hour, put them in the oven overnight, 85 degrees all the way overnight, let them dry up a bit, harden up, and then ramp up the oven and that will produce awesome crackling as well. Two recipes in one. Um, a real favorite of mine is Mangalitsa. The Mangalitsa is a breed of pig that is from Hungary and because of the cold weather it's got a very thick coat of lard on it and it's actually got hair on it. But the great thing about the fat is even though it is fatty, very high in omega-3s so it's actually, it's actually one of the better fats for you. And the flavor is a little bit more, more richer than a, your commercial pork because it's essentially, you know, eaten while it's around and it's a, it's a, it's a wandering animal. Okay, by the magic of radio. Whoa, look at that. Here you go. So that is beautiful. That's Christoph. That's the, the crackling's gone insane. Listen to that. Chef Neil Tomes will be back in a bit, mangling a mango in our gadget test. Moving on to the slow cooking of pork, American barbecue is a polarizing thing. Memphis style or from the Carolinas, from Texas or Kansas City, all regions have their own distinct style and cooking method, and some of them have several. There isn't a right or wrong type of pulled pork in my book. It's all delicious. With his own New Orleans take on it, here's Chef Jack Carson. Basically, when you do a dry rub, the base would like to be one part um, onion powder, one part cumin, and half part chili powder. With that, that's a basic barbecue rub. I also add tons of black pepper, tons of other things. Uh, but black pepper is a definite uh, one. Uh, brown sugar to caramelize the outside, and a little bit of salt. Anything else you can put on to make it your own. Mustard powder is another good one. A lot of people like to brine their pork butt. Uh, if you do, it's one part salt to one part uh, sugar. Uh, heavy on the brown sugar, molasses always, again, keeps the caramelization. It's very nice. Uh, if you do make a brine, aromatics are very good as well. Bay leaf, thyme, peppercorns, chili flakes, coriander is great with pork. Apple cider vinegars will also help penetrate. A lot of people like to poke the pork shoulder. Uh, when I say pulled pork, and, and we're starting with a pork shoulder or Boston butt, which is actually the shoulder, um, it's bone in and it has a, a nice uh, shoulder blade in the actual cut. Uh, after you've brined it, uh, generally I do it for about 24 hours, apple cider vinegar, my aromatics, salt, and sugar, and then we let it dry. You can either hang it or just put it on the counter or in your fridge for about a couple hours, and you dry rub it with your dry rub uh, or barbecue seasonings. Uh, you want to let it pretty much uh, come to room temperature when you dry rub it. And I like to put it back in the fridge to kind of close maybe some of the... Uh, when, when meat gets cold, it obviously constricts a little. So it kind of brings the flavor in, and kind of locks it in. And then we go into a, a nice, I would say, warm smoker. When I do my, my cold smokes, 
It'll take about an hour and about 50 degrees. Lots of apple wood, hardwoods, uh, anything apple, pecan, uh, cherries, really nice. You can also use maple or beech wood, but it's a little bit more abrasive. Uh, mostly woods that produce fruits are much, much better. But generally, I like to start for about an hour at about 50 degrees centigrade, and then slowly bring the temperature up. That way you don't really shock the meat and really constrict it too much. Uh, I do about an hour at 50, and then two hours at 70. And then you wanna keep it around 70 to 80 for close to 11 hours. Constantly keeping the smoke on. You don't need a really, really heavy smoke, but it will uh, penetrate the meat, and it is quite nice. Uh, that's the best thing about smoking. You have to always watch the fire. It's kinda like um, having a kid in the oven, you know? You don't want to let them go too fast. Uh, <laughs> basically, after 13 hours, what we do is we do a, what's known as a push test. Uh, there's a shoulder blade, and it's exposed on the side of the pork. And what we like to do is if you can pull the shoulder blade out nice and easy, completely clean, and your pork is done. It should be steaming and have tons of moisture still on the inside of the pork. Obviously, you'll have a bark or a dry crispiness on the outside of your meat. And then all you really need to do is take your hand and push it down. And if it just pulls the meat apart itself, you shouldn't need any effort at all. It should go flat and, and the juices and everything from the fats and the marbling in the shoulder should expose itself. And it's just amazing. If my cookbook today is to be believed, then the protein-rich, fatty goodness of all of Chef Jack Carson's recipes are good for the waistline. With summer in full force and rice paper rolls being one of my favorite snacks, let's get a porky recipe from Hong Kong's best Vietnamese chef, Peter Franklin. We start with Vietnamese-style rice paper. You can see through it. You can see the pattern from it's being dried on a bamboo mat. Um, so uh, the, the first trick with this one is we soak this in room temperature water. Most people make the mistake, Jason, of soaking in the water too long so it completely becomes shredded. Um, so you don't, the water doesn't need to be hot. Room temperature is fine. So first step is dipping inside the water until it's completely covered with the water. Now that it's been covered, you want to shake up all the excess water. Now it's still fairly firm. Now you want, what you want to do now is take off the excess water out of it. Um, Jason, you can see now, it's still fairly hard. The, the other second trick with the paper is to have a little bit of patience. Wait a minute or two until this paper becomes pliable. And you can see it's gradually here becoming more pliable. Now if you try to roll right now, it will break apart. If you soak in the water for too long, it becomes soggy and just one big mess. So, a little bit of patience. So, now I, I can feel it now, it's becoming a little bit more pliable here, so it's almost ready to roll. So it's like, now, right now it's like a piece of plastic. So to start with, we start with a nice piece of fresh lettuce leaf, and then we have a nice cooked Vietnamese vermicelli here. So we're gonna layer that on, there's one layer. Then uh, what I like to do is to season that with a little bit of salt and pepper, otherwise it doesn't have much flavor, okay? Then, now that we have a base, we add some nice fresh vegetable, nice cucumber. And then uh, 
we got some carrots, this one too, so two layers of it. And then um, it's called pork and shrimp chamarong, so we got pork and shrimp. So right here, we have um, nice cooked pork in Vietnam. Normally they just steam or boil. Ours has been basically cooked in the oven, so a little bit more flavor, okay? I'm gonna lay now the bottom layer with the nice layer of pork on the bottom. On top of that, I got, uh, you can see here, really nice shrimp. I'm gonna put that on top, four pieces of it. So, then, to add some little bit of crispy texture, we're gonna, we got some crispy shallot here. You can hear, it's a little bit crispy. So I'm gonna lay up on top of that a little bit. And um, as with any Vietnamese dish, you need a lot of fresh herbs. So we got uh, a combination here of two things. We got nice coriander and mint leaves, perfect for a summer roll. I'm gonna lay, on top of the roll, a layer of the herbs as well too. Um, now, it, uh, you can imagine a little bit essentially of anyone make at home, you know, like a burrito. The process of rolling it, very similar to rolling the burrito, except this is a little bit more delicate and uh, it takes a little bit of time to get used to, but the process is the same. So, you start with first, you're gonna fold up. You see now, it's kind of sticky, but very pliable. So you fold up the first layer, and then you wanna tuck it in with your fingers like this. And then similar to a burrito, you keep on rolling it and then pushing it down. And now you notice it's not breaking anything like that. It's all looking nice, it's all sticking inside. Uh, because now I'm letting it rest for about two minutes to become pliable. So, now we have the roll. Um, now, what I normally like to do now is to cut this into six pieces so that it's easy to eat. And it's almost like a sushi, okay? So I'm gonna transfer this to the board. We're gonna cut it into two, okay? So, I'm gonna make one sort of slice cut in half it. Okay, put two together, and then we're gonna do three slices out of this. Okay? And you can see here all the, the different texture of the meat and everything here. So I'm gonna basically put six of these pieces on a nice plate like that. And then uh, we need a sauce to go along with this one. So the sauce we have here is a very light Vietnamese nuk chum sauce uh, made out of vinegar and uh, lime juice, and but a very light flavor. I know that this sauce is a little bit different from the sauces which are generally peanut-based in the States. Why have you chosen this particular sauce for your pork and shrimp roll? Well, uh, that's a good question, Jason. See, you know, we're doing pork and shrimp roll right here, so the flavors are very sweet, delicate. They're, they're French. Um, but if any stronger sauce, like a peanut sauce, I find it kind of overpowers the flavor of the shrimp and the pork. So my preference is to more traditional Vietnamese style, uh, very light nuke chum sauce, more from the north of Vietnam, essentially. You got herb, but it's got a little bit of sweet and sour flavor, very light, and I find that more complementary to the pork and shrimp. And what are the ingredients are inside your nuke chum? Uh, the nuke chum is, uh, you start with uh, very high quality fish sauce, a little bit of vinegar, uh, sugar to balance it out, a little bit of lime juice, garlic, and chilies. That was the Viet Kitchen's Peter Franklin. As always, you can check out the recipes from today's show 
on our Facebook page, BS for Bacon on RTHK3. Let's go back to Chef Neil and test out the gadget. Jeez, Jason, what have you brought for me now? So we've got a uh, mango de-seeder, I suppose. It's, uh, it's a round plastic piece of equipment with two um, wing extensions to hold on to. And I'm presuming uh, you need to place it over the mango, um, over the towards the, 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 the long end of it. And then I'm going to push down with two hands and see how it does it. You see, that's the problem with these gadgets, you know, really, seriously. You're going to waste half the mango. Look at that. Look at that. And they, take, they just take the art of, of preparing food away, you know. Bulky piece of kit. It, you know, it'd take up drawer space. Um, those blades would go blunt uh, very quickly. And it just doesn't hack enough of the flesh off the, the seed. Nah, no, I'm sorry, look at that. I mean, that's just, look at, that, that's just so much mango that's wasted there, yeah? You've still got to use a knife. Hmm, or you cheap. I don't see what the problem is, just taking a knife, feeling for the, for the pip in the middle, and just slicing through against the edge of the pip like you'd bone a fish or like you'd bone a chicken wing just feel the pip and then slice along it yeah i'd give that a zero out of ten that was chef neil tomes proving that no matter how talented you are sometimes gadgets just don't bloody work before heading off let's have a little bit of alphabet soup We're putting three letters into the pot today, starting with the Q for quark, a soft, unripened cheese that you can make at home. Q is also for quatre piece, the French four-spice mix of pepper, nutmeg, ginger and cloves. And of course for quiche, a dish that's fun to eat until your friends find out. More popular than a punch-up at a Donald Trump rally is the last Q for today, the Q for quinoa, a grain and a staple food of the Incas. R is for raclette, the Swiss cheese served warm, traditionally over baby potatoes with a sprinkle of paprika. To end the R's, and one of my favourites, is the R for rhubarb, a perennial form of buckwheat that's usually found as bright red stalks and makes for a delicious crumble. S is for sabillon, a French term for velvety custard. It's also for saffron, the stigma from the small purple crocus. It takes an entire acre of the little flowers to give you a pound. Last on the list is the S for the Scoville unit, a measure of the heat of the chili pepper, ranging from zero to about 2.25 million, where a bell pepper starts at zero and a habanero sits at about 350,000. If you want to be afraid, the world's hottest chili, the Carolina Reaper, sits at a massive 2.2 million. That's it for today. Let's catch up again, same time, same place, next week. Bye-bye for now. A boogly woogie, a piggly wiggy, a wiggly piggy. da 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 This little piggy went to market, babe. This little piggy stayed at home. Yes, but this little piggy was a boogly woogly piggy, and he boogie woogied all the way home. This little piggy had a hot roast beef, and this little piggy had none. But this little piggy was a hip little piggy And he boogly boogly all the way home